Hello and welcome to the Get French Football News preview show. This week we talk about all the latest round of fixtures in Ligue 1. Uh, Dimitri Payets and Stéphane Ruffier shopping as OM beat Saint-Etienne. There's a big win in Lille against third place Rennes and a fright for PSG in Nantes plus more. We'll look ahead as well to PSG Lyon over the weekend, Strasbourg Reims and that's the preview show today. I'm the host Pierre-Paul Birmingham. Now Lewis is not on today, I understand he he spent the last few days cleaning sheep stomachs in in traditional Scottish fashion, which he then <laughs> filled with air and sealed to create a flotation device. Currently, he's attempting to find his way back into the European Union. So, best of luck to Lewis. <laughs> I'm here with his mates. In the meantime, hello, Thomas Wiseman. Hi, Paul. How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, pretty good. Um... It's been a bit of a crazy week at Angers, but uh, I'm sure we'll uh, touch on some subjects. Oh, yes. Um, and Thomas, I hope I can share this with the listeners, but you let me in on a little GFFN preview show secret today, which I had no idea about. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas, and I don't know if Lewis handles it as well, but you guys have a, pre- have a spreadsheet with the number of times you've talked about each team on the preview show throughout the season. Yeah. And that's... Yeah, that's very devoted to fairness. And <laughs> yeah, we just, just want to make just want to make sure we're covering uh, all teams. Yeah, I was thinking you could be, you know, one of those journalists who's supposed to make sure that during an election you talk about each side, uh, <laughs> you know, an equal amount. Uh, that's uh, funny. I, I, yeah, I was quite impressed by that. That's good for the future archives of, of GFFN. <laughs> Uh, and with us today as well, Clinton McDavis. Hi, Clinton. Hi. Hi. Very happy to be here. It's been a while. Yeah, great to have you on. I have a question for you too. I, I hope it's not much of a secret, but maybe you'll share the answer with us. What's what's behind your new Twitter name, Murad? <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> it, it's a tribute to... A player I used to love, Little Zidane, um, Murad Meni. Oh. <clears throat> yeah, from the I, I first saw him at the Under-17 World Cup in 2001, um, Trinidad oh. and Tobago 2001. Him, Anthony Letalek, um, Cinema Pongol, and and those guys. Uh, they beat Nigeria actually in the final, three <laughs> 0 <laughs> But like, I loved Meni because he he had his white boots on, and you know he he, he had grace of. Zidane, which was, you know, why they were always calling him Little Zidane at the time. And I was so <laughs> hopeful for his career, but it never uh, really panned out for him. But then, like, two, three days ago, I was just thinking of old players, and he just randomly came to my head. I just Googled <laughs> him again. I was like, oh, my God, this guy. <laughs> so uh, I decided to dedicate the next few days or weeks to him. Right there. Should have nice been great. Should have won. <laughs> So I won the Ballon d'Or, honestly. <laughs> it's great looking back on uh, footballers you forgot about and see what they're up to. Yeah. stories yeah. out there. Well, yeah, I was trying amazing. to find you on Twitter the other day to message you, and I couldn't. I couldn't <laughs> find you. <laughs> yeah, you're always changing your name. And <laughs> anyways, um, all right, let's get back to to Ligue 1 <laughs> before we trail too far off topic. Uh, right then, guys, let's start with the match from Wednesday evening, which was uh, a 2-0 win for Marseille in Saint-Étienne. Uh, pretty early on was the kind of main event, which we really have to start there. I don't know who wants to talk about this, but Dimitri Payet's goal. It's it's the kind of goal that um, at first you're like, oh, did you mean that? Did you not mean that? Until you actually see the replay and you see that he actually meant it. He mm. waited for refused get off his line and he just talked it was it was a really smart goal and um it was the kind of goal i just i mean i i just said wow this guy is a genius really <laughs> it's just because in truth marseille are not really creating chances like that they, they've been struggling to create chances so it really helps when you know something like that a situation like that comes up and a player like Pyatt is able to give them an edge so early and you know like that and um overall uh again. I mean, we know how it goes. Uh, someone was saying the other day on Twitter that um, can Payet have a season 
that is good when it's not a year that there's a competition for France to play. Because like, mm. once there's a competition coming up in the summer, Payet just hits next level form. We saw it in 2016, we saw it in 2018, but he was just unlucky with the injury in the Europa League final. And it's happening again this season. He's, he's carried um, Marseille on his back and he's just an exceptional player. But that goal was just beautiful. Uh, I felt sorry for Rufier because he, <laughs> he was really fooled by Payet there. But I mean, it's pure genius. And it wasn't just the goal. He had a, you know, some great moments with uh, an outside of the foot pass to Benedetto, I think, yeah, at some yeah. point in the first half, which was glorious. <laughs> just ridiculous the way he played that pass. The only real chance was the um, Radonjic goal. That was mm. that was on, the only good chance. And then Payet was involved the build there. He sort of, I think he dragged quite a few players towards him and just sort of I don't know how he... It may look so easy, but he just chipped it in between both of them. Um, mm. And, and Radonjic finishes it uh, quite nicely. Yeah, but the, the, I mean, without Payet, they they do struggle uh, to, to create chances. Um, and it is a concern with, without him, what we saw against the Andre match not long ago. Um, but if he's if he's always on the pitch, then you can sort of always rely on him to, to be a threat um, no matter what. And uh, it's 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 good to see Marseille, you know, back at, at the top, you know, close to the top of the division, um, and they they've, they've sort of got a, a nice, a good aura about them. That the the confidence is there within the, within the squad, uh, even though it's not, you know, it's not the best squad they've had in pre- um, compared to previous seasons. But um, Vias Boas is is really generating uh, some momentum with them. So in the second half, I have to confess, I fell asleep at halftime. <laughs> um, unrelated to the quality of the match, by the way, but you know, I just, I just fell asleep. So can anyone fill me in on what happened in that second half? Was it much like the first half, which was was quite a good game actually? But well, it was it was. Uh, <laughs> I'd admit I actually fell asleep at some point. Too, <laughs> <laughs> wow! Because it's it's just two teams that don't create anything, so it was just. Um, but I I did enjoy Mbubaka Kamara's performance. I enjoyed you know seeing him. It was mm. he had about twelve recoveries, um, that game, and he was just everywhere, really. And um, Ranji as well was very energetic. He bust forward at will and all of that. But overall, it was a game that it was the exact kind of game I expected, where. Um, there would barely be any chances created, loads of uh, wayward shots, and maybe someone just nick it, something like that. I was even surprised to see Marseille score two, because yeah. one goal in a Marseille game is already a big deal. But then someone said, um, I saw a tweet today that said, um, does Radonjic ever score a goal against non-tired legs? And I thought about it, and I just burst out <laughs> laughing because he actually hasn't scored a goal against non-tired legs. It's always in the last 10, 15 minutes when the other yeah. team is tiring, he just busts through and gets one chance and scores. So, but um, second half was much like the first. It wasn't nothing really remarkable, but um, overall, I think that's what Marseille preferred because mm. they already had the lead from you know, the first half, so it was fine for them. I think, though, you know, a lot of times we say that, we say this about a lot of matches where we notice that there's not a lot of chances, but it's still super a super intense match, and I just think it's just a thought I've been yeah, having definitely. for a few weeks that mm-hmm. kind of a defining thing in Liga is that um, there's a lot of pressing and there's a lot of kind of tactical setup and everything kind of happens in midfield, which is yeah. why it's not necessarily end to end with. Big chances in front of both goals, but it's still yeah. very competitive and matches. It's yeah. also why Ligon produces probably the highest amount of great midfielders in Europe, at least Europe's mm. top five leagues. Like there's a, in fact, just thinking about the young midfielders now in Ligon, you think about Kamara, who can play, of course, you think about Fofana, Chamini, Ibrahim, Ibrahim Diallo. Those guys in Sangari, like there are just loads of them, and it's because you know there's a lot of emphasis on midfield play, so it's understandable, really. Yeah. Um, yeah, true. yeah. yeah Did definitely. you want to add think, something? Yeah, Thomas. Yeah, just um, that, like you mentioned, pressing, and 
ever since uh, Villas-Boas has come to Marseille, their pressing has been, I mean, in some games, just unplayable against. Mm-hmm. Um, they've really shut down teams completely. I mean, I, I've had concerns about the defence, but sometimes, like, Rangier is just covering so much ground every game you see him play. Mm. And he's uh, behind Payet. It's, it's, he's, he's the the next next best player in Marseille. And you know he's been in, he's been he's been in France for a long time. He's been you know rated for quite a while. He's played a whole different load of different positions at, uh, when he was back at Nantes. But he's really showing now you know what what kind of player he is. And he's he's been very very good this season. Yeah, and actually a couple other things I noticed um, at least in the first half. Um, I can't tell you about the second half again, but definitely <laughs> there was a difference between. Saint-Étienne, the way they were pressing was just a little bit slower and a little bit more behind and I think that's why Marseille had a bit of an edge um, it seemed that you know, the, by the time the Saint-Étienne players would get to whoever had the ball the ball was already gone a couple seconds before and they were a little bit slow just to get the whole movement going yeah, and also, I don't think they could have kept the same um, intensity or you know that Marseille have because first of all the mm. They have a lot of old players in, in the team, which is kind of weird because two of their CBs are 18 and 19. But then they have, you know, players that are like not young anymore, Kabai, Debushi, those guys. So it's really hard for them to be able to sustain, you know, that kind of intensity like Marseille do. Marseille still have, I mean, even though Payet is obviously not young, he still has a lot of energy to give. Benedetto is just a monster, you know, and Rongier is so energetic, Sanson, Kamara, those guys, when they press yeah. you, it's it's like so, the intensity is so different. I don't think um, Sanditian can, you know, have that kind of intensity in their press. And and the other point I wanted to make about what you were saying, Clinton, um, with regards to Ligue 1 producing so many good midfielders is that, so one of the things, like kind of in response to be, there being so much pressing and so much intensity, a thing I noticed, I think it was in this match, but also a little bit in in the Bordeaux match, was how good some of the Marseille players are at really, really waiting for the other the other player to be run up to them and then just making a little move to one side and then passing the ball the other way to kind of yeah. tire out the opposition and get them pressing for nothing. Rongier in particular is so good at that and... He will even run with the ball at some guy who's coming to press him and, and then just kind of just shift his body a little bit and play the pass yeah, over. Yeah, just play it out. Yeah. I, yeah. I think Roger is just amazing. Honestly, I love the guy. I, do. I, <laughs> I keep saying this all the time. But like, it's, just, it's insane that he's not getting as much hype as he should. I think he, sh- he should be hyped a lot. But you know how it is. Um, when all those outside looking in are looking at players, they look at... 21-year-olds, 20-year-olds. They kind of skip the 23, 24-year-olds. That's also why Cyprian is not getting attention as mm. he should. And players like that, because, I mean, they are 24, so everyone is thinking, uh, okay, it's not quite 21 anymore. So Because everyone is so obsessed with getting young players. But players like Ranger go under the radar. Ranger is insanely good. Like, he can everywhere. He, defensively, he's so good. Going forward... I, I, I actually have no words to describe this guy. It's just amazing. And I hope, I really hope he goes to the Euros. I'm seriously hoping for that because I think there's, there's a chance that he can, considering how the fr- French squad currently is, with so many players out of form and injured and all of that. Hopefully. And bad news from last night uh, has to do with, it's kind of another episode in the supporters' crisis in France, if you will. Uh, in that the match was delayed by 15 minutes because of, uh, I believe it was Marseille fans cracking uh, pyrotechnics outside of the stadium. So there shouldn't be too many consequences uh, for, you know, Geoffroy Guichard, which has had problems with this before. But uh, it meant that the Marseille fans were not let into the stadium, even though they had made the trip up from down south and uh, were sent home with uh, police accompaniment um and it's just kind of a disaster that we're still not able to organize a football match with two sets of fans um it, it was kind of sad news to, to see that last night and yeah. it's been going on for a few years now but anyways uh if there's nothing else to add on that one uh let's move on then to 
Lille Rennes. Uh, Clinton, a 1 0 win for Lille against the third place Rennes, which is a great result for them. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, between this this um, game week and the previous round, um, they've been able to get six points. Lille it wasn't pretty, but it was very important that they did, especially because this time around they were also facing. You know, a team that are in the that are in Champions League, um, you know, places, and they really want to get there. So they had to win this game, and it was good that they were able to get that. Um, overall, the performance wasn't, um, it wasn't still, you know, anything special, but um, they did what they needed to do, um, and they got the results. I don't think Grunge showed up at all. I think, um, apart from Burijo and Kamavinga. In midfield, like the entire forward line, and of course, unfortunately, Rafinha went off, you know, early in the first half. So um, it wasn't particularly a special performance from Ron, but still, I mean, Lille did what they had to do, and they got the result. And I thought it was really good for them. Um, they, they can build on this momentum, hopefully, and you know, just keep going. Do you know if it's bad for Rafinha? Uh, I've not seen any reports on the injury yet. But uh, uh, fingers crossed anyway. I'm going to find out mm -hmm. and see. Okay. Um, Thomas, Loic Remy was the, the goal scorer there for uh, Lille. What, what do you make of his time at Lille? He's kind of had a, some trouble getting into the team and putting in consistent uh, performances. But he, he was good last night anyways. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of a strange one because I don't think... It, him coming in, I don't think was a um, a great signing, but he he's, he does well um, when he comes on. It seems, and and he it's it's not it's not he's not going to be you know, a similar an replacement. Um, he's certainly not in the form of his life, but he I think he does quite a good job for Lil, and he's he's probably um, quite a. A stable person, just in the changing rooms, really, and, mm -hmm. and he's, he's got quite a lot of experience. Um, in general, he just seems he, he seems quite uh, settled, which you wouldn't think of previously. Think about where he's been. I think he was in Spain before this um, for a couple of years, and and he was back in England, obviously with his Chelsea move. But he he seems okay. And this, I mean, the goal he scored wasn't particularly the best shot. It sort of dribbled past. Um, Mendy, who got, a, I think he got a hand to it, but um, couldn't keep it out. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's. I think he'll probably stay there for a, a few more years, and and I don't think uh, any little supporters will be will be too um, too frightened of that prospect. Mm -hmm. So the meaning of those results in terms of the table is that uh, Marseille is still second. 12 points behind PSG. Uh, they have a six, so they have 46 points, six points ahead of Rennes on 40 points. Lille is on 37th on 37 points in fourth place, three points ahead of Montpellier, who are fifth. Do you think the top four will will this be the top four at the end of the season, or what could change? Uh, I I do think that I don't think that Rennes will get that um, final. Um, Champions League place, the third position. I don't think they'll get it. I think Lille really? probably steal it. Yeah, I think Lille probably steal it. Although they look good, run, but um, you never know what they, they have. This when they are just off, like just like this game now, when you expect them to kick on and then they just don't, and things like that could hinder them. But also that's that's an accusation that we can put at the feet of any team. In the league these days because um, it just seems like when a team has momentum they get to a point and then they just have an off day and all of that i was i was thinking maybe leon could do you know come out the way and take it but they are so unpredictable and they don't look so <laughs> these days so i'm not even going to bother with that but <laughs> if there's any team i think or i i was thinking previously could have you know maybe uh, snuck in it was monaco uh, but the last few weeks have shown me that, yeah, they're not ready. So, um, <laughs> ultimately, it's probably Montpellier Lille that could sneak in. But apart from that, either round comes third or fourth, in my opinion. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I probably agree with that. I think Ren haven't been the third best team in the league this season. They look at some of the results they've got. They've had, you know, 
um, sort of portions of, of luck in each game, and and uh, Mendy has saved them uh, from from going down for more than more than one goal, and when they've when they've come back sometimes, um, and it just seems like, I mean, Lille have got the better squad probably, uh, more probably more, I guess, I guess seasoned um, in Liga. But I think overall, yeah, it'll be it's gonna be an tr- interesting one because it's so close. Um, just in sort of that middle third, um, yeah. just below them, it, anybody could sort of make a run, and you, you think maybe well, Leon, looking at the squad they've got, how are they not um, getting up there? And I think we might keep saying, oh yeah, Leon, Leon get up there eventually, and every every week they'll just keep staying, you know, in that sixth or seventh spot, and it'll the gap will probably widen. Um, you mentioned Monaco, Clinton. That's a good transition to our next match. Uh, Thomas, it was Monaco-Angers and a 1-0 win for Monaco. I'm sure you were watching it. What can you tell us about it? <laughs> um, it was, uh, I think, it, yeah, it, it wasn't a, a great game to watch for either sets of supporters. Obviously, it's a boost for, for Monaco. They got a win, but the, the way they went about it, um, they didn't really deserve to get the three points. Um, it was it was pretty much one chance. Um, it was a great pass from um, Fafana, and uh, this is, I'm not sure what the centre backs are doing. Um, the uh, replacement keeper Petkovic doesn't come out of his line, uh, hesitates, and, and Jovetic sort of flicks it uh, like a backwards header, <laughs> which um, heads in. Then the second half was um, sort of played out. Sort of slowed down after that, and then sorry, the first half, and then the second half, no word of a lie, but Monaco sat behind the ball the, the whole <laughs> of the forty-five minutes. I think it was some, it must have been close to eighty percent possession for Angers, and that's you don't see that regularly for for an Angers team. And um, yeah, they they just they had you know a few chances here and there, but they were just struggling to break down uh, the Monaco side, and and uh, it's a frustrating frustrating result. Um, but it shows that you know we didn't really. I saw an interesting um, tweet by uh, one of the Andre supporters that said um, we've had the past three games have been all rubbish, but they've been different varieties of rubbish. We had a five-four <laughs> loss in the cup, which was a exciting win. We had um, a four-one loss against uh, Reims, where we give away three goals, and we had a one-nil loss against Monaco, where we're the better side. So. Uh, maybe optimism. I'm not sure. <laughs> um, on a Thomas, on a more serious note, uh, yesterday Angers president Said Chaban was placed in police custody uh, after a number of allegations of sexual assault leveled against him by female employees at the club. What do we know so far? Um, are, has there been a news since that came out yesterday? Um, so he's. It uh, looks like, yeah, so he, he's attending the game against Lille on Friday. Um, yeah. He has been un- under police custody and he's been indicted. Um, I think there's three counts of it. Um, so the, the, the still investigation is going on. Um, and uh, the sporting director, Oliver Piku, has briefed the players um, not long after. Um, Moulon came out in a press conference today and the, he basically refused to answer any questions about it. Um, mm-hmm. I think we're just waiting to to um, see what the the outcome of it is. But it's a, a troubling time, to be honest, in, in what is a very stable club. So we'll have to see and, and uh, keep our eyes out. All right. Uh, thanks for the update. Other results from the week. Uh, Montpellier drew with Mess at home, 1-1. Did anyone see Savagna's goal? Yeah, I did. Oh. I did. Fantastic Absolutely lovely shot into the bottom corner. Um, Montpellier's goalkeeper is again doing something kind of stupid. Uh, really <laughs> conceded a penalty, so that's three games in a row that they do crazy things. But um, <laughs> but he saved it. He saved it, as you say. Uh, a Habib Diallo penalty, and uh, the score for Mess was Farid Boulaya. Uh, Brest-Bordeaux, a 1-1 draw there as well. Huang Guizhou, the goal scorer for Bordeaux. Lois Benito then with an own goal to tie it up. Uh, what else? Just to mention that on Bordeaux. 
Yeah. Uh, recently, uh, Jimmy Briand has signed a, a contract till 2022. Are you so, kidding me? <laughs> no. <laughs> so I think he must be 34, 35 now. Um, yeah. So, yeah, 22 contract. I think he's... I think he's only a couple of goals off getting a hundred, so uh, I'm sure I'm sure he's yeah, aiming for that in the, yeah. the next two years. He's having yeah, a good season. Yeah, he's yeah. he's doing okay, but <laughs> it's kind of a classic um, Bordeaux <laughs> move. Yeah, like the five-year contract to Kachelny. Uh, that's now that that's interesting. I think they might might have been looking to keep him at the club after he retires, but um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I saw a um, stat by the way. Um, because um, Castillo saved the penalty, uh, I think he saved the most penalties now in the going last um 11 years mm. or 14 of them. Oh, wow, yeah, it's, it's probably because he's played every single game. <laughs> I don't think he's missed, <laughs> yeah. I think, yeah, he's played 500 league game matches or something, you know. Yeah, it's crazy, crazy. Yeah, he saved 15 penalties, yeah, just fine, oh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, a clash at the bottom of the table between Nîmes and Dijon. There was a uh, how many point? There was a f- six point gaps be- uh, between the two of them before this match. It's now been halved as Nîmes go up to 18th place. They won it two nil. Uh, Yassine Benraou with the first goal, and so Nolan Roux, another signing, scored the second. But uh, can anyone <laughs> give a description of that goal for anyone who missed it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so um, Afro Gomez gets the ball <laughs> and he decides that he wants to clear it. Of course, it's good to clear the ball, but um, the problem is that Nolan is close to him and instead of playing it to the left or the right, because Nolan is right in front of him, he plays it right straight ahead and Nolan blocks it and it bounces over his head and then starts running to, towards the goal. Very comical goal, but. I mean, it was just terrible because um, at that point it was one nil. Um, you know, Dijon were trying to get back in the game, and he just he just completely ruined that with that. You know, it's just, it was terrible. It was very funny, though. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and the other scores, uh, I'll just give you the scores now. PSG won in Nantes two one. Strasbourg won against Toulouse one nil. Uh, one all draw between Reims and Nice. And a nil-nil draw between Lyon and Amiens. Before we move on to the previous section, uh, a quick roundup of Ligue 2. Leaders Lorient won uh, 4-2. I think that's two games in a row that they scored four goals. And uh, they're clearly on a roll. As a completely crazy match between uh, Caen and Niort. Uh, Niort, who just last week had a 4-4 draw. This time they lost 4-3. Yeah. So... <laughs> right. um, Absolutely crazy. Yeah, um, it, and, it's a difficult and, and start. Do, um, and Pascal Dupraz is the is the is the call manager. So yeah, that's a that's an interesting one. And Franck Passy is the newer manager. Yeah, yeah. Um, so he's having a rough start over there. Um, another crazy result as well with uh, Ajaccio winning in Paris against Paris FC three two. Jeremy Menez scored both goals for Paris FC. Um, and Lens, who are in second place, I think, uh, won 1-0 with Corentin Jean scoring again. He's He signed for them in January, and he's been scoring uh, quite a few yeah, goals. So, yeah. yeah, good for him. Um, right then, let's move on to the uh, preview section. The first sorry, match we're talking I just, about... I just want to... Yes. Sorry, sorry, sorry to cut you. No I just problem. wanted to point something out uh, that I, I saw um, you know, earlier today. So... Please. Iliot Paris competed for 19 aerial duels against Nîmes and he won every single one. Julio Tavares of Dijon. Oh, wow. 19. <laughs> and Pablo Martinez of, um, of uh, Nîmes. He attempted seven and lost every single one. Because obviously, <laughs> that's got to be video. some backwards. 19. <laughs> 19, that's that must insane. Be, that must be some kind of record. And then Munier um, Chier completed 11 dribbles out of 15. So Not bad. They were pumping the balls to Helio's head. Yeah, I wonder what the record you know, is. Yes. Yeah, it's yeah, 19 out of 19 is... <laughs> but check and noise, got it. 
Mm. And Martinez is not a, a small guy, too. So that's that's yeah, very impressive. Yeah, that's, that's insane. For Tavares. Uh, right then, uh, Lyon PSG is the big game. PSG Lyon rather is the big game uh, on Sunday evening. Uh, let's start by talking about PSG guys who were en route for a pretty comfortable win on Tuesday uh, in Nantes. This was before. <laughs> Did you guys see the Nantes goal? Another comical yeah. goal this week. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure what Kimpenwa was doing, but uh, as soon as he conceded, he sort of he sort of put his hands up to the the rest of the players and uh, apologised. Yeah, I, did did he try to do a back heel or something? I think he tried to flick. Yeah, he tried wanted to, to flick, flick it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it wasn't. It would a... have been gorgeous if that gone. <laughs> to be fair, it was an uncomfortable pass from Verratti to him because it was yeah. kind of in the air and so on. But uh, trying that flick with you know, a man on your heels and you're the last defender is obviously a little bit dangerous. Uh, Moses Simon went on to uh, score. And after that, it was a crazy last 20 minutes of the match. I mean, I had a I had a great time watching that. Um, I wasn't really watching too closely until then. But um, what was funny was that even though not believed that they could equalize all of a sudden and kept on attacking and having good chances, PSG also had some really good chances in those last 20 minutes. And uh, Mauro Icardi missed some bad ones uh, throughout the match, actually, uh, even though he was given the first goal. Uh, Which I knew thought... nothing about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's I mean, Di Maria really just kind of shot at him and it just barely touches him and goes I, in. <laughs> I was trying to even avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> actually... I didn't realize it was him until I watched the re- the highlights later on. And I heard the yeah. commentator say, oh, a goal by Icardi. And I thought, no, 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 no. He's got that wrong. That was the Maria. <laughs> um, but yeah, it just touches him. Uh, and yeah, it was a little bit uh, scary for, for PSG. Um, obviously, I think last year they lost in Nantes. And had a, had a pretty bad day over there. Uh, but... At least they got three points from that one, which is not what we can say about uh, Leon Thomas about their match this week. Yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was a, <laughs> a tough watch for anybody who tuned in um, to that one. I mean, they were playing Amiens, who um, are, are struggling this season. Um, about they're delighted with the point, to be honest. Uh, and they didn't. I mean, I think they hit the post, but. There was nothing. There yeah, wasn't any, the post. Yeah. yeah, there wasn't any great chances that they that they produced, and it oh, it's just it's just frustrating to see them because they've got so many great um, players and talented players. But oh, it's it's um, it's difficult. To, I mean, I can't. It's hard not to imagine them in the Champions League spots by the end of the year because we've seen them so many times. But the longer this goes on. Um, and you know the the more consistent runs we get from you know teams like Ren and Lil, you do you do worry for them. But it's funny though because you know last week we were saying the opposite that they started the year know, well and so this on. Is this is Leon basically. Yeah. In, in back-to-back podcasts, that's Leon basically summed up thinking, oh, maybe maybe <laughs> they've got something together. And then you look at this, think, may I don't, I don't know if you can never you can never sort of have an opinion on them with it isn't a isn't it's not well, uh, not a consistent opinion on them at least. And the remarkable thing is that they could play two finals this this season. Because yeah. they're already in the final of the Coupe, uh, Coupe de yeah. la Ligue, and you know they've advanced in Coupe de France. So. <laughs> do we give Rudy Garcia manager of the year for that, or do we <laughs> not give him when he finishes fifteen? <laughs> that's so weird. Uh, yeah. But the. Uh, They've not got the, the Champions League game isn't for another month, I think, but that's against Juventus and uh, oh, that could be yeah. that could be Maybe a tricky one. Three, three finals. Maybe you know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'll probably they'll probably somehow beat Juventus in one leg and then die a death in the other leg, I don't know. Something crazy like that. I mean they have a huge week coming up, right? Because they're playing PSG on Sunday, as we said. Next <laughs> Wednesday is the Coupe de France quarterfinal against Marseille. You know that's <laughs> that. Which which is the bigger match for Lyon? Actually, do you think? 
Uh, that that game up against Marseille has to be. Because mm. I think so, this, I, I mean, PSG Leon is always a, it's always been a feisty game. Um, but the way Leon have dropped off, it, I don't think it's going to be as competitive as it was. And then in the cup, Leon have a chance of getting to the final. Marseille Leon. Yeah, Marseille. Yeah, it's funny. It could be their entry into Europe if they don't get it. Exactly. In the, yeah, um, Marseille Leon is always um, has some nice. some drama around it. And it's always a really high, a highly intense game. Um, so I think that cup game will be probably more important than this PSG one. But then, if they want to win cup or get into Europe through the cup they're going to have to beat PSG at some point <laughs> well PSG <laughs> which is uh, Dijon I think what is PSG are playing Dijon aren't they in, that, in, the... in the final in the so final you're giving Dijon a chance <laughs> yeah you beat them already this you know no. <laughs> that's true but Lyon are facing um, PSG in the final of the, the league right so they still have to play PSG somehow <laughs> But I guess the difference will be because usually that match is better in Lyon than it is in Paris, and by better I mean Lyon have more of a chance. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Obviously, it's it's in Paris on Sunday. Uh, Yeah, Uh, like we we've just been talking about even before the show, we're saying this that Lyon are always so unpredictable. But I don't know. This one does. Is there any chance that Lyon can do something? Nope. <laughs> nope. <laughs> they're going to play to in center and they're going to get destroyed. Nope. I don't see them getting out of that place alive. Optimistically, <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it. <laughs> They'll probably get the red card after ten minutes and probably be the goalkeeper. Then after that, the one-way traffic and Mbappe oh, will refuse to come boy. off. <laughs> or score five or six goals against them or something. You know, it'll, be, is great. it'll be interesting to see how the if PSG do get through in the cup, uh, which they most likely will. Let's not deny it. Um, it'll be interesting to see what the schedules are like surrounding the the cup games and their Champions yeah. League fixtures. Because um, yeah. they're obviously going to prioritize the Champions League. So maybe whoever does face in the final, uh, obviously we know Leon are facing him in one of the finals. Um, might match have a chance. Sure, and to be a neutral venue, the best, the best, um, the best chance that anyone, you know, would have against PSG in a cup competition would be in a, you know, in a one-off final like that. Yeah. So yeah. I guess anything, anything goes. I mean, we saw one last season, beat them in the final. So anything is possible. I mean, yeah, they got beat by Gang Comp in one of the things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <You know. laughs> Oh, that was so weird. After they beat Gangump like two weeks earlier, 9 <laughs> 0. And then the cop, they lost at home. It was so weird. Oh, that, yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, so, about Lyon, before the show, um, Clinton, you were telling us about Awar being played out of position. Do you want to elaborate on that? Yeah, I do not know what um, Rudy Garcia is thinking. I was probably or easily their best player and their best player should be playing in his favorite position and he's also someone that can help them you know pick up the ball advance to take it into the final third and you know help them to be able to create chances and um instead of putting him there he's putting Tuzat who always struggles with you know things like that and then leaves our wide where he's basically ineffective and he's not able mm-hmm. to really get into the game as much and it's just so weird from Rudy Garcia but that's something that that's the kind of thing that we've come to expect from with Garcia. Self-sabotage, basically. So, and it's happening. So you're saying... So his best position is in the midfield two? Two or three or whatever. Let him just be okay. in the centre. As far as... Because yesterday he played over. as... He played as a number 10-ish, I think, yesterday. I mean, I didn't particularly pay special attention to the new match. But then, yeah, it was... our. And then Toko Akambi was playing out on the side, Dembele yeah. up front, and it was also it, it was it was it was more like he was coming. It seems to be coming a lot from wider positions inwards, you know, more than 
just sitting there in the center and doing what he needs to do. It doesn't seem like he's sitting, you know, in that mm. place and helping them move the ball into the final third. It seems more like he's he's been given, you know, um, work to do out wide to like okay maybe come in sometimes and all of that. I just feel like your entire setup just seems all over the place basically. Yeah. 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 So where how would you set up that that Leon team? Or where would you, so you play him as a as a sort of advance advanced okay. midfielder behind yeah. the front two. Then you get width from the full backs or something. Yeah. And it can like yeah, Combi does. Exactly. Stop. And Combi can always, you know, go wide because he's just that kind yeah. of player. He's, he likes, you know, going wide and coming in and going. Just let him roam and let him be the one just completely handling the, the sides from, you know, the front. And of course, Musa can also, you know, can tell Musa to drift wide sometimes. But let our be the one. Just let him. Let our sit in the center and stay. <laughs> let him to go wide. And, Try to cut and dribble in again or something, and I don't know. I don't know what um, Rudy is, is really doing, but it just doesn't seem like he's very sure of what he's doing. Doesn't seem like I don't know. I don't think he has it figured out really. Do you think he'll go more defensive in Paris or, or try to play? <laughs> it's going. To, it's going to pack it. It's not gonna. He's not gonna. He's not gonna try some, something uh, too expensive. <laughs> I kind of realized that just trailer. as I was saying, you know, <laughs> thinking back <laughs> to those nil-nils with Marseille and, yeah. Uh, but I feel like, personally, um, for that game, I would, of course, I would play Thiago, <laughs> who has, you know, the issues that he's having, but I'd play him, I'd play <laughs> Awa, I'd play Jean Lucas in the center, you know, three of them together with Awa the most advanced, then, you know, Toko and Moussa Dembele. Although I, I, I don't know, I'll be tempted to want to play Shaki as like an X-Factor player in this kind of game. Obviously, the occasion is huge and it'd be unexpected and it might be you know, too much for him. But I don't know, I just have a feeling because he was very lively when he came on, you know, the other day. Mm. It was very lively. He had just about 25, 20, 23 minutes and, you know, he was pretty lively. So um, he's a bit of an X-Factor player. He can use both feet, can dribble. And all of that, and they need something like that because this is something I always tell people about PSG. I think PSG have some of the best um, players in terms of cutting off counterattacks quickly, snuffing them out quickly. And when you're going up against PSG away from home, you want to be able to um, counter at speed with a good dribbler. Someone who can naturally just dribble his way through. We saw that with um, this guy in Nice. Uh, what's his name? Uh, this um, he's injured now. Unas or no, 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 no Unas. Uh, the Algerian, the Algerian. Sorry. Or oh, Atal. Atal. Sorry, I don't know why his name left my head. <laughs> Remember when Atal made that run all the way yeah. and yeah. took out everybody. <laughs> And yeah. then he created a chance. That's the kind of thing that you're going to need against PSG. We also saw um earlier in the season when um they countered at that point PSG were looking for a goal, it was one nil towards the end. When Bulaidia scored that acrobatic effort, it was mm-hmm. some quick counter that led to that goal. So that's like the, the best way to go at PSG. But you need someone that can carry the ball into the final third and dribble effortlessly. An explosive player kind of. And if if um, if Rudy Garcia is going to play Tusa and Lucas and all those guys, and I mean, obviously, Bertrand is not going to do it. He's not. He's Bertrand. It's not. So you need. To, <laughs> I'd, I'd generally rather play Shaki than play Bertrand or something. And I wouldn't want Awards between that because I need him, you know, a bit further back to send those passes through, like over the top or whatever. Yeah. So it's it's a bit tricky for them though. And but then the question will be how do they stop Neymar for <laughs> um, <laughs> well, but yeah uh, it's it's not gonna be easy. Um, PSG are very pumped up at the moment. 
But I think um, if the key is and obviously you organized organized defensively. If you organize defensively, you have everybody all the pieces. I'm going to use my club as an example because we 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 play what I call <laughs> haram ball. <laughs> Basically, <laughs> what is that? <laughs> football is disgusting, but <laughs> like we sit we sit back. We do nothing. We do that against Barcelona all the time. We sit back in our half, two banks of four. Everybody stays compact. Nobody moves. Messi can't get anywhere. Nobody can get anywhere. And then once we get the ball, already at your post. We went to Camino one time and we created six big chances. Yeah, but... Playing like that. So, I, I think... It, I mean, you know, Lyon don't have a Francisco Klein. Neymar, you know? True, true. <laughs> that's a fair point. Because Scotland has, uh... has had Messi on, on strings for like three or four straight <laughs> games now. <laughs> it, uh... it literally drags him around and just takes the ball off him every time and every time. And I don't know. I don't think um, Leon have that. So it's going to be I love, I love hearing that. That's just... Oh, yeah. <laughs> Is going to retire, okay, then. So let's let's come around to our score predictions here, Thomas. Oof. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna be uh, optimistic and say three uh, nil PSG. <laughs> oh, Big win. Such optimism. Uh, <laughs> Future host of Get Spanish Football News podcast, uh, Clinton, what do you think of this one? Five nil. <laughs> Oof, wow. Five okay. nil? What? Ouch. I'm I know sorry, but if it, was, if it was the other way around, if it was going to be Leon at home, I'd have probably predicted maybe 2 1 or something, but it's Paris. It's, uh, not, and Leon don't look good. I know it's, it's a game where the stakes are high and everything, but I just feel like. To just take one one uh, mistake, maybe uh, uh, goalkeeper makes an error early on. I mean, we saw the Montpellier game where out of nowhere, Sarabia scored, and that was the end of the game. Pretty much. So yeah. it just feels like that's what's going to happen. PSG probably scored in the first 10 minutes, and then, you know, as Leon tried to get the goal back or something, if the, everywhere just becomes opened up, and that'll be the end of it. So I think it's going to end 5 0. Jeez. I hate to say it. Okay. <laughs> wow. Okay. I'm going to go with 3-1. Uh, 3-1 for PSG on wow, this you one. Really, you really rate Leon. <laughs> you really rate Leon. <laughs> I, I feel they can get a goal out of nowhere. So, like, even against PSG, they, they can kind of accidentally score a goal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and what happens if King Pembe tries to do a flick again or something? I mean... Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, maybe like a late goal, possibly yeah. kind of consolation. But yeah, who knows? Again, it's so so hard to get get it right with them. Um, right, let's move to our second match then. Uh, Strasbourg is hosting Reims. Uh, that's also on Sunday. Um, who wanted to talk about the Strasbourg match? They, I think, it was you, Clinton, right? They beat Toulouse one nil. Yeah. It was a game in which, surprisingly, Toulouse were really good. I thought they were really mm-hmm. exciting. Obviously, they weren't still able to create much, but Sangare was a monster in that game. Dusevi also had a really great game. But Strasbourg were able to, you know, hold their own. And um, the substitution of Warriors, um, he scored like two minutes after coming on. The substitution was like really inspired. He just stole in on the right and, you know, just took a shot and scored. But overall, I thought also um, Jean-Ricna Belgard had a really good game. Um, overall, it was a very balanced game, really. I thought it was very balanced, but um, Toulouse just couldn't shoot properly. They weren't just mm. taking wayward shots. But, you know, it was more even than I expected. I really just thought, you know, Strasbourg was going to walk away maybe a 2 or 3 nil victory, but it was harder than that. But overall, I thought um, Strasbourg did really well. Daniel is getting back in form slowly. He's still, obviously, he's not as influential going forward as he was last season, but I think he's really coming to zone. And I think Strasbourg looks stronger than they did 
you know, months ago. I think um, they could have a really strong end to the season. Really, really good game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Majid Wires is a good signing, huh? Yeah, yeah, he is. And I think there's there's more to come from him. I think mm. it's yeah, really, really he's, smart he's, he's always been pretty good when he's when he's been in France. Yeah. Um, and uh, I was just, just looking at this game that I just found the, the shot map for it. And it's really strange. Every single one of Strasbourg's shots uh, are to the right of the goal. So maybe they've... I would have I maybe have thought maybe have found like a flaw in the in Rene's game, but the flaw in, in Babsy's Rene's game is he, he can't really say from anywhere, um, which is uh, interesting. But I mean, the thing I with Strasbourg is I don't know what their best lineup is because they've got so many good players and and just the the really I mean you mentioned Warris, but um, True. it's one of the, was one of the good signings, but they've got so many um, interesting players that, that people should watch out for. So many great signings. I mean, um, I know that uh, Clinton loves uh, Ludovic Ajok, and and uh, he's just one of the one of the many ones. I mean, you can go through the whole squad, and there's always a player there. I mean, oh. Thomas Thomason's been great this season, and he's he, they signed on a free. Uh, I think it was last season from uh, from Nantes, hmm. um, and he's been really great for them. Uh, Bellegard, um, really talented player. Uh, Sissoko, very talented, and and Jiku as a as a centre defensive midfielder, I do like. Um, I didn't think he would. Uh, I never thought he. Yeah, Simakan. So what? Well, how, what is what? How best do you set up that squad? I don't. I, I'm not sure. The um, overall quality of the squad, like um, Thomas was saying, Simakan. They have some really young. Good young players as well, along with, and it's a good problem to have having all those guys. Um, I think, um, you know, in the midfield they are stacked. And I was raving about Belgard at the beginning of the season when they signed him from Lance, and mm. it took a while to really get into form and you know, settle. But I think he's settling now, and all of that, like the entire team is just really, really good. I think they have a really good yeah. squad. This, this got so, such. I mean, a lot of good players, a lot of talented players that people should watch out for, but there's a great variety of players as well. I mean, um, you've got somebody like Dimitri Leonard, who's been there for, for a long time. He's, he's good on set piece, quite a creative player. Um, you've got somebody like Sissoko that's, you know, he's a physical, you know, beast, um, but he can, he's, he's really quite um, nimble on the ball for, for somebody of his mm. height. Um, and you've got somebody like uh, Anthony Cassiu, Who's been? He, I mean, he hasn't played that much this season, but when he has, he's been their well, probably their best player. Um, I was I was thinking as a, as a as a back four, you don't really want to play him and Lala at the same time because you've got they both go barreling forward. So maybe <laughs> yeah. So I would think of playing. I mean, I I like Simakan as a, a central defender, but he's quite good as a as a, a fullback as well. So maybe maybe play him on the right hand yeah. side and. It sort of shifts into a a three at the back because you want you want Cassie um, as high up the pitch as possible because he's a really good crosser. Yeah, I think they have a very exciting squad, um, and it's good to see them after kind of two losses in the previous matches getting back in form for the game against Reims, which I think is is going to be quite quite good. Um, Reims, for their part, they drew with uh, Nice on Wednesday. And by all accounts, it was a pretty interesting match. Um, I mean, it's not every day that you see Reims shooting 15 times in, in one game. So that was uh, <laughs> something to look at. Um, Pierre Lesmelou, who's in very good form, we'll talk about him. He scored for Nice. And Younes Abdelhamid scored for the second match in a row to equalize it on a corner. Uh, let's, talk, start about, let's start by talking about... Uh, Abdel Hamid, guys, who saw the announcement of his contract? Ex- <laughs> oh, I, I think it's the best. Yeah. I think it's the best announcement I've ever seen. If you've not, if you've not watched it, and you be listening, please go and watch it. It's um, it's it set up as a as sort of like a, a one-on-one, really intense game of Uno with the. I think it's the president, and it's sort of yeah. like a. Jean-Pierre Yeah. 
they, they sort of filmed it with like an old, old film grain effect, um, and obviously they've they've set the scene with a like a western soundtrack um, <laughs> in the back. It's really is great, um, and uh, yeah, the president um, slaps down the card. I think it's, it's his, he says plus turn slaps down the card and and uh, gives him a little wink. It's it's really great. Should really, anybody who hasn't seen it go out and, and find it. Yeah. Abdel Hamid's contract was running out this summer and it really looked like he was going to leave. Uh, possible interest from Montpellier, uh, who uh, he's, he himself is actually from Montpellier, so he would have been kind of return home. He's uh, really in good form at the moment, especially yeah. <laughs> going forwards. Two goals in two games, both off of corners. He celebrated this goal by kind of waving his fingers as a two around. Yeah, it's definitely fully deserved from. I mean, it's been such. I mean, since since he got promoted, which was they've been here now for um, back in league and for a, a season and a half. Of course, mm-hmm. he's not actually missed a single minute of football playing for them, which is unbelievable. Which is, yeah, incredible, absolutely incredible. Yeah. Uh, and he's just you know he's such a he's he's really just a, a stalwart player. He's great. Um, he's quite composed in the ball and and. He's just, yeah, he's just, he's just a really good player um, to watch. It's one of them, one of them um, defenders that you'll you'll kind of remember in the next, you know, couple of years. He'll be here for for a long time. Um, he's only thirty one, so he's got plenty more years. I think you should head over to Montpellier, um, take the uh, see what the Hilton spot. Yes, see what diet Hilton's having and, and carry on. <laughs> Oh, that that would be brilliant. And win the league with them as well. That that would be. Great. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um and um, yeah. So they so they're playing Strasbourg on Sunday, as as we were saying. Um, I don't know if you guys remember this fixture from last year. I remember it very well because I think I was having a good day and I sat down and I thought this is going to be good. I was in Reims at the time and. <laughs> Strasbourg won four nil. <laughs> it was a bit of a catastrophe. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but I feel going into this one that it's going to be a good game. Do Do you guys agree? Disagree? What are your thoughts? Yeah, it should be quite um, an interesting one. I mean, Rounds. Uh, obviously, we know them as having a um, a solid defence, but I don't think that I think they've not kept a clean sheet since I think mid December. Mm, so yeah. Prince them. Since you press them, once you press them, then the opposite happens. We jinx them. Yeah. So. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that they've uh, yeah, they've struggled to keep to keeping goals out. Um, and I mean not not loads, of course. Um, but uh, it should be quite an interesting one. And obviously, um, they're going away to the the uh, the uh, I think Mino Stad de la Mino. At Strasbourg, which is always a great, uh, has a great atmosphere yeah. for them. So that should be a really good watch. Both teams are tied on points uh, on 33. I mean, there's one, two, three, four teams with 33 points, um, including Lyon and Nice as well. Uh, so it's, it, you know, the winner of this match, if there is to be a winner, uh, would be in a very good position, actually. Um, but can we see either of them? Pushing for, let's say, fifth place, because it's so tight in there. It's, it's so tight. So Every win counts. Is this? Yeah. You know, I've been thinking about it. Um, every time I look at the fixtures for a new week, it feels like it's such a difficult game. Every week <laughs> someone, like I'm thinking, oh, you're going to Montpellier next week. Oh, that's a tough one. And then the next week, I'm saying, okay, maybe you're, you're home to. Um, nice, ah, that's a difficult game. And then next week I'm saying you're <laughs> home to Marcel. Like that's a difficult game. And then leave because like every game just it just seems so difficult now because the teams are like so evenly matched and you know just little margins. You know, I I, I wasn't even expecting, for instance, Montpellier to drop points at home to Mets, but Mets actually <laughs> pumped them with shots and you know they had 18 shots. At the home of Montpellier, things like that—they're so unexpected. But I think it shows the the that um, a lot of teams are playing around the same level, so it's really really hard to decide. Little wins, three points. I mean, if one team should go on a three-game winning streak, they'll probably be third or something. 
out of nowhere. So it's it's hard to call right now, but I think it's possible. Everybody from mm. number number three down to perhaps fifteenth or sixteenth can can still push for European place at this point. So what do you see as uh, the score for Strasbourg Hansland? One one, my opinion. Uh, I was I was gonna say that too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll um, go for two one to Strasbourg. Ooh, yeah, that's that'd be a good result. I, I mean, I've... I joke brace. I joke brace. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you were gonna say I joke Scott. <laughs> of course. <laughs> um, anyway, that's our show uh, for today. Uh, th- thank you, Thomas, for having me over on, in in Lewis's chair. <laughs> on the dark side. <laughs> <laughs> and thanks, Clinton, for joining us. Oh, thank you for having me. Always great to have you on. Uh, as usual, for all your latest French football news, you can follow at GFFN on Twitter. Uh, check out our website to getfootballnewsfrance.com. Uh, I'll be back on Monday evening, recording on Monday, probably published on Tuesday morning. Uh, Philippe Bargel will be with us and he's going to that Lyon PSG game, PSG Lyon game. So it'll be an interesting one uh, to talk to him about. And uh, Lewis will be back next week, presumably, (laughs) for the preview show. Until then, and thank you for listening.